Hello, welcome to Soul Led, a podcast dedicated to the evolution of your soul and the development of your spiritual gifts. I am Nikki Novo, your spiritual mentor, a fiery Latina, mom of three, and a lover of all things intuitive. You're here because you're meant to be here. So let's do this. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Soul Led. I am your host, Nikki Novo, and I'm so excited to be here with my friend and our guest today, Ada Rojas. Or some people call her Ada, but the Miami girl in me, Ada, will always call you Ada. So that's my name, Ada. That's how my mom says it. <laughs> yeah, like in it's funny, like in Miami, like we always go with the like Latin sounding um name first but like when my, so i have like one of my good friends her name is marisa but like the rest of the world called her marissa and everywhere we go i'm like oh you know if we introduce her we're like marisa and everybody looks at us weird but we'll forever call you by your by ada so welcome ada thank you for having me i'm so excited to be here yeah. all right so ada is my beautiful friend, we met actually at a Latina blogger conference. So shout out to We All Grow. I was doing these like crazy back-to-back readings for um, Avino. I remember. And I remember just like sitting, I remember leaving that day and thought like, I think I left my body like on the chair and then like my spirit was somewhere else. Like I was so dead. And Ava, I don't know if you know this, but I had just had a baby. Like my baby was like three weeks old and I flew, yes, I flew from Miami to LA for like a 72 hour bender basically because it was a big opportunity for me. And I was like, it is my third baby. So I kind of like, I knew what I was doing. I knew what help I needed, all that kind of stuff. But like, that was the craziest experience for me. But one of the most beautiful parts of that experience was meeting meeting you. I feel like I kind of, knew you through certain circles, but I didn't like really, really know you. And having that reading was really the beginning of our friendship. And, um, and I was just such a blessing. So do you remember that day? Yes. I'm so grateful. That was in 2017. And I remember just not having any expectations. I'm like, I had heard about you and your work. And so I was like, Oh, like she's doing spiritual stuff now. Cool. And so I thought we were just like picking a crystal and you were going to tell us like about the crystal we picked. So when I sat down and you gave me a whole reading, I was like, what is happening? And like, you read me or I, like you read me, read me like, girl, you need to get it together. And I was just not expecting the reading and the actual reading in the reading. And uh, I needed to hear that. So thank you, because it like really changed my trajectory. Like it was about dating and about the fact that I I really wasn't opening myself up to dating and that I was really focused on my business. And if I continue to go that way, like my business was going to suffer. So like the fact that you got me into shape by talking to me about like, hey, girl, like I know you're all about your business right now, but your business is going to suffer if you don't start to open your heart up. And I was like, oh, okay, say less. I'm on it. I love it. Yeah. And like, that's the truth. Cause like how we do one thing is how we do everything. So that was just so fun. And then, you know, we had a real reading and became friends and all that stuff. So, but I'm going to, I'm going to introduce you to Ada. So this is Ada Rojas of all things Ada. She's an OG blogger, but really she is a creative entrepreneur, a black Latina founder of Vestina Couture, creator of the Good Vibes and Chill Workshops, which I'm really excited to talk to you guys about. And she is, as of late, the podcast host of, well, co-host, right? Because I guess it's you and that's the right way to say it, of Vida Imperfecta, which is um, based off a show on HBO Max that we'll also get to talk to you about today. But the reason I brought on Ada is because she is 
super magical and she's just a master manifester. And I thought that we could maybe, you know, tap into her energy a little bit. I'd love to hear your story and kind of, you know, how you weave your spiritual life into a very kind of, um, you know, uh, I don't want to say materialistic, that's probably not the right word, but like, you know, you talk about beauty, you talk about fashion, you talk about pop culture, but your heart is so spiritual and your soul is such an old soul and so connected. And I'd love to hear like, and and maybe some, I, I know your people know that part of you, but it's not like you have to kind of leave it all and become, you know, do work like I do. You can still be this creative entrepreneur and still have a spiritual life. And I love how you weave those two together. So I was hoping we could talk to you about that. So yeah, thank you, Ada, and welcome to the show. <laughs> All right. So Ada, I want to start off with a little bit. Of, I want to hear a little bit about your story, but one of my favorite stories that I've heard from you, and I don't know if you've told me this or where I picked this up, but you used to go to your mom, your mom's work. She would clean offices at night, I believe. Yeah. And you have this great story about like, kind of that was the beginning of your manifesting. So can you yeah. tell me a little bit about that? So, you know, I come from a single family home of six and, you know, I'm first gen. So I'm, you know, Dominican American and my mom, like, you know, immigrated here, not knowing the language, not having any family, not having money. So like she, the job, the only job that she could get was cleaning. So we, you know, I'm from the Bronx, but we ended up moving to Florida because my mom figured she could give us a better life there. Like things are, it was, you know, the cost of living in Florida is just so much cheaper than New York. So she got a job cleaning office buildings in downtown Tampa and she would take us with us at night because it was just her. And so no one was going to say anything if this lady walked in there with her six kids and she can get the work done much faster. So I remember just feeling like, okay, this is definitely not normal because I don't recall talking to any of my friends the next day. And they're telling me how they went to go clean toilets with their moms. But, you know, it was also really inspiring for me because I would go into like these executive suites and these offices and like see like the family pictures on the desk and like almost start to imagine like, who are these people and like, what kind of life do they live? And like, you know, they all had like little candy jars. So I would always take like candy jars from their desk. And, um, you know, I remember just feeling like this very like powerful essence, like when I would walk in those offices and like, I, I wanted that for myself. And so like, I would sit in the chairs in the office desk and kind of like twirl around and be like, what would my like look life look like if I was an executive, if I was one of these people. And when I was little, I always wanted to be a secretary because like, I liked the way that they dress and because they just gave off very like powerful energy. And so as I got older, then I started to realize how much money like secretaries actually make. And then I was like, okay, well, I don't want to be the secretary. I want to be the boss. And I think just having that experience of going to these offices and being around that type of energy, it was just something that like I wanted and I aspired to be. Uh, It really called me like this very like executive type of life. That's so fascinating. I love, I love that story. And it really just sounds like you were going into the person's office and you could feel their energy. Like, and what, and you know, it's funny because in manifesting, one of the things is like, we're trying to basically like borrow the energy of the person or the version of us that has a thing that we want. So like, I'm trying to borrow the energy of the me who is a multi-millionaire or whatever, or a billionaire or whatever. I'm trying to borrow that energy and like dress myself in it. Like, you know, and you're like dressing yourself in it, which is part of like the manifestation process. So that is like the best story and the cutest story ever. And thank you for connecting that. Cause I never realized that that's what I was doing. And until now. So, wow. Thank you for making that connection. Yeah. I mean, if you think about it, cause that's what we would like hope for that. Like, you know, you were actually able to like experience going into an office. Like it's kind of like feeling like, Oh, 
wouldn't it be amazing to go into those houses? Like uh, this weekend, we went to uh, Miami Beach and there's this beautiful view of like all the beautiful houses on the islands. And I'm just like staring at their backyards and all this kind of stuff. And I have a few friends growing up like that their parents lived in those places. So I have been to those homes, but it's not like my friends are hanging out in these homes. But the idea is that like, if I can go into that home and let's say that's what I aspire for, like that kind of living, like, and if I can hang out in that home and I can feel comfortable, right? Cause that what happens is sometimes we go to these places and maybe you go to a nice restaurant or you go to like a nice home and you're, you feel separate from it. That's like the opposite of manifesting. But if you go in there, which is what you were doing and you were like, oh, I can do this. Cause you're so little. So you didn't know, like you probably didn't know separation just yet. Like, you know, nobody had told you, nobody smashed your dreams just yet. (laughs) So you like go in there and you're able to like feel the energy. We don't always have like that opportunity to, to go into those places and make that big leap because I'm sure like in your day-to-day life, you were not, you know, existing in like maybe around those like white people sitting in these desks with their like ski photos. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's basically, I bet that's what it was. It was like yeah. all of them hanging there, holding their, yeah. ski, their family photo. <laughs> that was like my Cuban, my Cuban ass in like Utah in the summer. My, my mom was like, Oh yeah, all of the, all of the people here in Miami, they go, they go ski to Utah. We are going. And I'm like, I don't know about a bunch of five Cubans like skiing in Miami, but okay, skiing, like skiing in Utah, but okay. Anyways, that's probably the photo you were looking at. Yes, for yeah. sure. <laughs> but the point is that like you were able to have like a leap into this world that maybe like you wouldn't have been able to, and then like you borrowed the energy. So I used I- to dress like a secretary to in elementary school, like with my little polo, I would wear pencil skirts, pantyhose and little heels. And I remember one time I walked into the girl's bathroom and they scrammed and I was like, what's going on? And they came out and they're like, we thought you were a teacher. Cause we heard your little heels. Like who does that as like a fourth grader? But that's, I really, really embodied that. <laughs> you're doing, you were manifesting, you were kind of like living as if, you know, and then you gave yourself a promotion at some point. But yeah. <laughs> I love that story. So I love that story. If you, so, you know, fast forward, you got your start in the blogging world. So I'd love to hear kind of like, when did that start? What made you start that? And kind of what were you thinking when you were starting it? Yeah. So at the time I was actually living in Miami and I was going to school there for fashion merchandising and retail marketing. And like, I just always was obsessed with like fashion and style because I knew the power that wearing certain things had on you and the effect, because again, I used to wear pencil skirts in fourth grade. You know, I used to love reading blogs. That's when they started kind of be getting popular. And I just never saw anybody that looked like me. But then when I would walk in the street, people would always come up to me and be like, I love your hair. Like what products do you use? Um, because there wasn't a lot of people that were wearing their hair natural. And the thing is that I had Growing up, like I had no choice but to wear my hair natural because my mom couldn't afford to send me to the salon like most of my Dominican friends who have kinkier hair, but were getting it blown out or relaxed. So like I just had to wear my hair curly. So a lot of people were either like curious about my hair. They would just be like, oh, what products do you use? Or they'd ask me like, what lipstick are you wearing? So I'm like, man, I'm always going to these blogs to look at like what are these girls are wearing and what where they're shopping at. But like people always ask me. So like maybe if I had a blog, then I could just tell people like, oh, it's all on my blog. So that was kind of like the start of it. And I also, again, like I just didn't feel seen and I wanted to have a space where other girls that look like me be like, oh, there's somebody that looks like me doing this too. This is really cool. God, that's so amazing. And in Miami, I think that was probably like a good, because there's, you know, that we, I mean, there's just so many Hispanic people that like, I'm sure that in a way it was just, you know, feeling 
supported by the people that were around you. We're, we're grateful that you did that. So you had no idea that this was going to be a business. Like you didn't think that this was going to take you. And then when, I guess, when did that start happening? Like, when did you start realizing that maybe this is a thing? Yeah. So I moved back to New York because I just felt like Florida wasn't it for me. And I just always like, as a little girl, I'm like, we would go back to New York in the summers to visit friends and family. And I just felt like the energy there. And I'm like, this is where I need to be for my career to really take off. So I like, I didn't even finish. I left like halfway through the semester of like my sophomore year. And I moved back to New York, changed my major to public relations and advertising and started going to school for that. Like two years into my major, I started applying all the things that I was learning in my PR class to this website that I had and things just started happening. And I was like, like, cause I was writing better. I was, I, I was writing articles for my website website, you know? And so like, I remember L'Oreal reached out to me. So it was kind of like the, I was at the perfect place in the perfect time because that's when the multicultural boom started happening. And a lot of these brands had actual budget for multicultural now because they started to realize like the p- buying power of our community. And so they started reaching out, wanting to pay me to promote their products. And I was like, so dumbfounded by it because I'm like, why do you want to pay me to write about your product? Like, I do this for fun. I, I'm doing it for free. I'm doing it anyways. I just, I just don't understand why you want to pay me. And so I remember having to write an assignment in my PR writing class to write a blog post. That was one of our assignments. And I felt so cool because I'm like, I'm just going to print out one of the ones on my blog because I, I'm already doing this. And my teacher was like, so I'm such a teacher's pet too. Like I'm such a nerd in that way. My teacher was like, wow, you have your own website. And then I, she went on it and saw everything that I was doing. And she's like, do you realize? She's like, you need to put this on your resume. I didn't even realize it was like a thing. And my teacher really helped me like think of it as like, no, this is where things are headed. And like, you need to keep doing this. Oh my gosh. It gives me goosebumps. That's hilarious. It's amazing. You know, and, and I think that like, you know, just it's like anything, like no, nobody knew where it was going, but also you, Ada must've had like, you knew you wanted to make money, not maybe here, but I think I guess when you started school, like, were you kind of, we know that you were secretary was your school, your, your goals first, but then like later when you moved into boss mode, there was a part of you that knew you wanted to maybe make money creatively or like kind of what, where was your head? What was like maybe your North star? Definitely. I knew I wanted to make money. I just didn't think that you could make money really as a creative. Like I didn't think that business and creativity could meet until really I started at the time too. I was working like I've always had jobs, right? So I was working as an executive assistant for an investment firm and it was very small. And my boss, like I would work like 60 hours a week and go to school full time. I don't even know how the heck I was doing it, but shout out to the energy you have in your early twenties. And so being around his type of like energy that was very, he was a black man, young, like in Midtown New York and really being around that type of masculine, like go-getter energy. And I'm very curious. So I always would ask a lot of questions. I would stay after work just to talk to him and learn as much as I can. And then going home to like be creative, it was like, man, there has to be like a bridge here. Like, and so when the brand started reaching out to me, I'm like, okay, so could this really be a thing? Because I really enjoy doing this but there's this business persona that I have and can I blend these together? So I think that was kind of like when I was like, oh, there, there's more here and I need to keep keep going down this road. Were you giving yourself a hard time out of that, like not knowing what you were going to do career-wise, like until that point, like were you kind of like in school and being like, what am I going to do with my life? Or did you give yourself a hard time or do you feel like you were just being present and that's how these things showed up for you? 
It was a little bit of both. Like, I feel like I would be okay in it. And then it got to a point that I just got like really uncomfortable with being so comfortable with my life. Like I was in school, I was getting ready to graduate soon. I had my job at the time I quit that job. And then I went to go work for like a, an Argentinian consulting firm. Like I was like the office manager and I'm like 24, but I'm the only person in the office. So while I was at work, I'd film my YouTube videos because who's going to tell me like, what are you doing? I'm, I'm the boss here. Like I run this office and you guys are all in Argentina. And so like they even flew, I remember they flew me out to Argentina to meet the team and everything. And that was like an eye-opening experience for me. Again, like I'm traveling internationally for this company that I work for at 24 years old. And I just, just remember just feeling very uncomfortable with like, there has to be more to my life. So I got a job working on a cruise ship out of Australia and I left for six months. And I think that isolation was what I needed to really like feed pour into myself. I started reading The Alchemist and it was like, okay, like, so there, there has to be more. And, and I came back from that job being like, okay, I think I can really be an entrepreneur. I had no plan. I had five, not, I don't even, I didn't have any money. Actually. I had no savings. I just had crazy wild faith that like I could actually do this. And yeah, shout out to The Alchemist and being isolated from people so that you can really like talk yourself into doing some crazy shit because I, I, looking back, I probably wouldn't have approached entrepreneurship that way. But here I am. And that was my path. And I think I was like, I think the universe just knew that I was up for the challenge. Like it was going to be hard, but like I can actually do it, you know? I think you have a few thoughts about this. Like, number one, I, I like, I really do believe that like we have this kind of like North Star, like, you know, there was a part of you that was like, you know, I want to be creative. I want to make money. Like you probably didn't really like truly, truly understand it, but like the path always leads us to that, even though it makes like really uncomfortable stops. And I think it sounds like you were almost like in a pressure cooker, like your back was up against the wall and you were like, this is just like not working, but you were still on your path. It's just that you had to go through like an uncomfortable stage to, to open, you know, that contraction to expand kind of thing. So it looks like you were like contracting, like going in to then expand. Mm. And there's like, I, I recently, I, you know, I obviously have like a really hectic life and three children and all that stuff. And I took this, I like 24 hours alone, which is like very rare for me. And all this like information like was coming, pouring into me. And I mean, it's just, we totally underestimate like quiet time. Like that idea of just like, you got out of the city, you got out of the, you got away from the people that you knew, you know, you know, even just taking a minute from those people that know us so well. And they, cause they hold us in a certain energy and we stay there because, because we're trying to kind of react to like the way they see us, you know? So it's like that, I didn't know that part of your story, but that makes so much sense. So you basically came back and you were like, okay, I'm going to be an, an entrepreneur. So you've done a bunch of cool things, um, Ada, and you've definitely made it on your own. You moved, you moved from New York to Chicago and you, you know, like you're doing such a great job and like you, you work with such great brands that want to work with you. And it's really been beautiful to see this process, but along that path, something interesting that you started, which was the good vibes and chill workshops. Like tell me a little bit about how that came to be. Yeah. So good vibes and chill. Um, so I've been doing vision boards for over 10 years. When I first started doing them, I didn't necessarily know that that's where they were. Like when I was in college, I just wanted to decorate my dorm. So like I would get magazines and cut out like beautiful things, right? Because I, I like beautiful things. I'm a creative and I like surrounding myself with things that inspire me. So I would just cut out like beautiful things and make a collage and put it in my dorm. And then like the next year I'm like, okay, I want to cut out beautiful things that I want. So then I put that on a board. And then the next year, like it just kind of like every year I just learned a little bit more about it. And then I read this book. 
it was it's called like the girlfriend's guide like how to get yours and have everything you want and more and it was like written by the editor of like honey magazine and she interviewed like all these amazing like black celebrities in it and it was like wow like I just felt so seen in that book and I remember like just being 22 I was going through my own spiritual awakening which we can talk about that too which kind of mind-blowing right you know I was just like oh wow like I kind of been is this a vision board is this what I've been doing this whole time and then I really started to once I learned like want to learn something, I really dive into it. Like that's one thing that I do love about myself is that I'm very curious and I go all in. So I kind of went all in and started learning about law of attraction and manifestation and like the vision board. So then I started shifting the way that I was putting these boards together. And it wasn't just like things that I wanted and pretty things. It was just being very, very intentional about what I put on my board and things started manifesting really fast. And I was like, oh my God, this is fucking real. So then I just started like telling like all my friends and family about it. And I just became known as like the crazy girl with the vision boards in like my circle. And then I blogged about it like in 2012 and I shared my, my vision board. And like, I remember getting all these comments from people like in uh, like older women that follow me, like I've been doing this for years. That's how I met my husband and blah, blah, blah. Like, and I was like, it kind of just opened up a new world. And because of the positive feedback that I got from my audience, I was like, okay, this is a, subject that I feel very comfortable going in this direction because for the time being, I just always talked about like fashion and beauty and I didn't know if they were like into this stuff. So getting that positive reaction was like, wow, like I can really just be myself a little bit more on here. Right. And then that turned into uh, can you make a YouTube video? And then that YouTube video turned into like, can you have an event? And I'm like, why would you guys pay to come to an event when like, I just gave you how to do it for free online. And they're like, well, we just want to like gather. And so I, I did one in New York and, and I was like, okay, what's the name of it? And then at the time, like everybody was Netflix and chilling. So I'm like, oh, this is just good vibes and chill. Like, I just want to be around good people, good energy, like being creative, doing my vision board. And, um, you know, a big part of my vision boards was me learning about manifestation and it really being broken down. So I really wanted to explain to people that I had been to like a few workshops, you know, and no one ever really they just copy and pasted everything. And I'm like, why are these people not sharing like the actual secret behind why these things work? And so I really wanted to educate my audience on that. And I also wanted to add a spiritual element to it. So my event, I was like, yeah, everybody does workshops, but I'm going to do this workshop to my taste. So it's like, I did a workbook to go along with it, breaking down all of the, you know, the practice. And then I brought in like, you know, someone that I love, which is a psychic medium um, that I had built a relationship with that lived in New York. And I brought her in to do readings for people that wanted readings during their their workshops. And so the workshop sold out. I had to do another one. And now we're going on year four. And it's like a thing like people look forward this to this every single year. People have built amazing friendships from it. And like, I think, you know, yes, I'm a career woman and I love like the whole being an entrepreneur, but like nothing brings me more joy than when I get like, I call the manifestation receipts from people saying like, I got into my PhD program and I put that on my vision board. Like that just brings me so much joy. And like, I get emotional just thinking about like, because I, you know, changed my mindset and changed my life. And now I'm teaching others how to do the same. And now I'm impacting their life in that way. It's like, man, like fuck a stupid post about lipstick. Like this is what it's all about. And so I always say like my fashion and beauty stuff and all that pretty aesthetic is like my bait. It's almost like how Walter Mercado used to do his hands and all of the, you know, to get you to like focus on him. But once you're here, like, yeah, you came here because you wanted to know what hair product I use or what lipstick. But once you're here, like, this is the important shit that I need you to understand. And then it's like, I'm going to feed you all this stuff and I want to change your life in that way. And so, yeah. I love, I love that story. So I have a few comments. 
first of all, can we, if I'm ever in Chicago or you're back in Miami, can we please do a Huerta Mercado photo shoot together? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes. Awesome. I made okay. We're that we're gonna pin that. We're gonna do that. <laughs> okay, okay, guys. Okay, another thing is you. So I know this about you because I've read you several times, and you have a very old soul, and and you also come from like kind of a certain um, mystical kind of lineage, almost from your your soul. So you are a natural good, like a natural manifester, is the way that I always see your your soul. So it's just so interesting. Like, you know, we go into this lifetime, we, we forget everything, you know, we don't, we don't know any of those skills. And the truth is like you, you know, from that story of you wearing the heels to, to where we are now, you've always been manifesting. It's just that one day you woke up to see that this was like a thing and that you were able to, to teach it. And you just, your soul has a very good um, command of energy. So like, I don't, I, I always see you as like something that's like able to like manipulate energy very well. I know manipulate, manipulate sounds like a bad word, but, um, I can just see, like, I just know that about you from, from reading you. And I think that you've been gifted a beautiful community in order to teach them these other concepts, like kind of like the magic behind what you do. And like you said, like, you know, beauty and fashion, all those things are kind of like, the, like, if you were a, um, a magician, it would be like the pigeon that comes out. <laughs> like, what you really are excited about is like how you got the pigeon to come out and like how you share that. So I love, um, I love that about you. If you could Ada, break down, like if you, do you have like a few steps that we can leave people with for manifesting? Like, like I, I'm super excited about the workshop that you offer online, but like, if there's like, I don't know, three steps that you believe in or five steps, like just like a little dot, dot, dot. Can you share that with yeah, us? So for sure. It's like, you know, I have this exercise called vision board mapping. So you just kind of like brain dump all of the things that you, that you want, right. Your wants. And then I walk them through another exercise where, you know, you really get to the root of why do you even want those things? And I learned a lot of this. I learned how to teach this a lot from you, Nikki, actually. It's like, and again, these are all things that I know, but I'm like, it's, it's me remembering who I am and me remembering all these things. So it's like, okay, it's okay to want some things, but like get to the root of like, why do you even want those things? And once you start to address that, then we can start talking about manifestation and law of attraction and, and breaking those things. And you really embodying the feeling as if it's already yours, as if you already have those things. It's like, you don't have to wait for those things to happen. You have everything that you need right now to show up as your highest self um, and really embody those things that you, you aspire to want to be like, or one in your life. And I think I I'm really big on like manifestation, but also taking action because a lot of us get into our heads so much and we're like, well, if I just sit around, it's like, it's going to happen. Like, no, you have to take action and you have to show, you have to be the initiator and really show the universe that th- this is what you want. Right. So you have to put your best foot forward. So I mix like manifestation and the law of attraction and, you know, affirmations and intentions with like smart goal setting and you really sitting down and I go through the smart goal setting formula with them to really explain like, this is, it's important to want these things and understand the reason behind your wants, but it's also important to have an action plan and really go forward with things. And so that's kind of like the basis of, of the workshop. <laughs> I love that. I didn't know you did the smart goal setting that, I mean, which makes sense is you're like all, you're all Aries, aren't you? Yes. I'm on a triple fire sign. So my son is in Aries, my moon is in Leo and I'm a Sagittarius rising. Oh, moon too. Oh yes. I, I could totally see that. Yes. So oh, thank God for the, cause I'm all cancer. So like <sighs> for that Leo moon. So have you, I bet you get this question a lot. Like, so these people that are manifesting, you know, like they're like, okay, I'm doing all the things about that. Like I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, feeling as if, 
but like, it's not happening to them just yet. Like, what is, you know, what are your thoughts about that? Like, why is it that I'm embodying all these things? Or they say, you know, they say they are embodying it, but like, I don't have this thing yet. Yeah. Well, I always remind them and I say this in my workshop and it's part of the smart goal setting formula is like the time, like stop attaching these timelines to the things that you want. Right. And I'm constantly being reminded of it myself because we just had a reading recently and you're like, you're a master manifester, but you forget to like, let the, you know, you try to even control like the, how things manifest. And so you have to always remember that it's for your greatest and highest good. And like, so I always remind people of, of that too, as I'm being reminded myself, is it for your greatest and highest good? And also your job is not the how, um, you know, it's not the timing. It's not your job is just the, what do you want and why do you want it? And then let the universe take care of the rest. And people forget that. And they take on that burden of like, I have to make this. Ha- no, your job is just the what and the why, the the how and everything else, um, you know, the who, the when, and that's that's part, that's the universe jobs. And so stop taking on more jobs than you need to. I agree. I agree. Like I, um, and I always kind of question that concept of like, oh, I'm doing all the things, but it's still, it's your, that kind of just shows me that you're, I know you're doing all the things, but like, you're not in a true embodiment of it because when you do like embody the secretary vibe, you know, like you've already felt good. You like, you felt good in your heels and in your outfit and whatever. And maybe you didn't have like the job yet. Cause you were in fourth grade, <laughs> but you already like are fe- like, you're feeling good. And once you start to feel good, you don't, you know, like you're not super caught up on when that thing's going to come because you're already feeling the the feelings. Yeah. So, um, of course we, we all want like the manifestation of the things, but if we're really like embodying and trying to like collapse that time is what I call it. So if I'm like, I'm at a, and I'm trying to become Z collapsing has everything to do with, with the, with you feeling like, you know, feeling the feelings basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you're feeling the feelings, you're probably going to be more okay with the thing not coming yet. You know, like if I'm feeling the feelings of being loved and, and enjoying my life, then I'm not going to necessarily be so obsessed about like when that relationship comes because I'm doing, you know, of course we're all going to have like hard days and things like that, but the majority of the time I'm able to like find those, those feelings. Mm-hmm. And I also feel that like, you know, the, the cool thing I think about you, Ada, is that like you can, um, like while you're working towards things, like you do take a minute to be able to, to celebrate what you have manifested. And I think that that's like half your, that's one of the beautiful things about you that like you do celebrate, or at least like you get excited about the things that do show up for yeah. the most part. And that's like a big, that's a big secret too. Yeah. And I think that's why like the workshops have been so successful because you put these things on these board, you work, you know, you do your job, the universe does this job, they manifest and it's like on to the next thing. Right. But it's like, no, let's a big part of the workshop, especially for the people who come back is us really celebrating and coming together to honor the the work that we've done and whether things manifested for you or not. Like, um, you know, I'm, I, I kind of group everyone together and I make them go over their boards with each other. And it's just beautiful to hear, like, again, the, the, the perception that people have of like, wow, I really wanted this at the end of the year. And like, I either changed my mind or it didn't manifest for me, but I understand that. And then they break down and it's like, you get it. Yes. Yes. This is what it's about. And it's just a beautiful thing to witness. Yeah, that's rich. So if you, if anybody listening wants to get in on this beautiful workshop, which I highly recommend, you're going to go, um, we're going to have it in the show notes, but just, you know, kind of pinning it right now, all things ADA, ADA.com. Yes. Backslash shop. Is where yeah, or you can also go to goodvibesandchill.com and it's available there as well. I didn't see it there. It's also like as soon as you go to your site, it's, it's pretty easy yeah. to find. So you guys will find it. 
Okay. So let's talk about spiritual awakenings, which I feel like was part of some of them, but I want to hear like whatever you want to say about your own spiritual awakening, the spiritual path, like how to live as a spiritual being doing the work that you're doing. Yeah. So my spiritual awakening was pretty traumatic just because it happened by through a very traumatic experience in my life. So when I was 22 years old, I had a boyfriend of two years and he lost his battle to depression and, you know, passed away. And that was like, imagine just being 22, you're juggling all these things. You're trying to like figure your life out. And then somebody that you really love and care for lost their battle to depression. Right. And it's, it was just like, I remember waking up every single day and wanting like for my bed to swallow me into a black hole. And like, I am the most optimistic person you will ever meet. So like, I knew that there was like, that was just not normal for me. And I'm so glad that I had the the provision to be like, I need to go to therapy. And I started going to therapy, like right away to deal with things and deal with my grieving. But all this crazy freaky Friday shit started happening around that time. And specifically before he passed, like, I remember telling him like, it's so weird. I'm always seeing the number 11. I see it everywhere. I see it like on the microwave. I see it like I would just start to see it everywhere. So I brought that. Like, I remember us having a conversation about it. And then, you know, a few months later, he passed. And then the 11s, 11 started, started showing up like crazy. And specifically, there was this, um, you know, I used to watch and I still do watch YouTube video because, again, that's what I do. So I'm always I'm in it. Right. And so there was this girl that I specifically used to watch. And she was also like had already experienced her spiritual awakening. So she was starting to go from like natural hair content to more like the woo woo stuff. And I remember she posted like a random blog and, and she was like, are you listening? That was the title of it. And in this video, she was saying how like her mother had passed and like, she started, you know, she was basically talking about like, are you paying attention to the signs? Are you listening? And I was in a Chipotle. I remember um, I had, I was on my lunch break from work, watching her YouTube video, eating my Chipotle. And she's like, uh, she's talking about this and it's, it was like the freakiest thing because he bought me an Apple TV so that I could watch YouTube videos on my TV. And so I felt like he, it was him talking to me like, Hey, like I'm not here anymore, but like, are you, you need to listen. Like I'm trying to communicate with you. And that was kind of like, it just burst open my whole, like it, it just turned my world upside down. And really like, that was the beginning of my spiritual awakening. And I remember writing a comment to that girl and the comment was so long that I had to write it in multiple comments, just saying like, Oh my God, this is so crazy. But my boyfriend passed away and he knew that I used to watch your videos. And like, I feel like he's communicating with me through this video, reminding me to like pay attention. And I was like in tears in the Chipotle and people are looking at me like, what the hell's wrong with this girl? And it's like, I can't even explain this. And then like, just all this crazy stuff started happening. Like, I remember I had a dream with him, like, his presence and his energy was always around me. And I think like at one point I felt really bad because I, I was having all these experiences with him and his family was like, in you know, they're mourning him. Like I knew, I knew this guy for two years. I know him all his life. And I think, you know, looking back now, I know that the reason why I was having all these experiences with him is because I, I immediately started working on the healing and I wasn't mourning him. Right. Whereas his family was really mourning him and they, it's almost like unsettling for that person's soul. It's like, they can't really do their thing if, if they're, if they're being mourned. And so I, because I was doing the healing and doing the work, I think that's why his energy just gravitated towards me. But I would have like crazy dreams with like the day of his funeral. I'll never forget. I had a dream with him and it was just like his head floating and it was like bright light behind him. Like this very warm, like beautiful, like the energy was just beautiful. And he's like literally looking at me like, I know today is going to be a hard day. Like it's my funeral. 
girl, but I like, I need you to be strong because like, I'm in, I'm in a much better place now and I'm very happy. And so like, you know, and it's like, how can I be sad if like this person is in a better place? And so that was kind of like the beginning of my whole journey. There was a girl in my psychology, I took an intro to psychology class as an elective again, because I'm just like a curious person. And there was a girl in my class who was a medium and she was just tapping into her, like, you know, her, her gifts. The night that my boyfriend died, my psychology teacher was this like very cool, like lady from Britain. She was like just fun. And she was basically like, fuck the school system. This is what I'm going to teach you guys. And like, it's so random because again, that was like an elective class that I took, but that class impacted me so much. And so she would like make us meditate in class before class started. It was definitely not a traditional like college course. And so when he passed, like I remember just feeling like I needed some sort of healing and she has started doing these circles in class, like, you know? And so I reached out to her and I'm like, Hey, like I'm going through a really hard time. My boyfriend passed. And right away she was like, okay, like, I know that you're my student, but like, come over to my house and we're going to have a circle like tomorrow. And so she's like, bring something that you want to put in, in the, in the circle. And so I went with, you know, my best friend at the time, which is his aunt. They were raised like brother and sister. So, you know, they're like brother and sister. She's my best friend. And so we go and I brought a picture of him and I put it in the middle and the girl in my class, who's a medium. So my teacher had sent it out to like a few of the girls I would meet in the circles. And, you know, it was kind of open. So it ended up being like five of us there. And so we all brought something. I brought a picture of him and we're doing like a meditation before we open the circle and after the meditation is done the girl who's a medium is like who's that and it was like his picture was in the middle and I'm like oh well that's my boyfriend he passed and that's the reason why we're here and we're holding the circle and so she was like he I couldn't even concentrate in the meditation he was bothering me he was like making me laugh he's such a jokester and I was like freaking out because I was that was his energy. That's who he was like. And it was like, just all this crazy stuff started happening. I I got a modeling gig for like a plus size designer on a local TV show in New York. And then it just so happened that it was filmed in the same studios as like the Bethany, you know, like the real housewives, she had a show. And so I had basically already missed all my classes for school. So I was like, Oh, well, let me just, there was a line to get into the show. So, you know, I'm like, I'm already here. Like this would be cool to do. Right. And so me and this, the, it was an older lady who was also on the thing with me. We're like, you know, let's just stand in line and see what happens. So the guy was like, the tickets are kind of like, as you go. So once we run out of tickets, we run out of tickets. So you might stand in line and not get a ticket. And we're like, well, what's the worst that can happen? I already missed my classes. So we stand in line and we got the last two tickets. And so our chairs were like all the way in the middle, like in the corner of the studio. Right. And so the way that they film these shows is like, they film the end first and then the middle and then the beginning. And so, or they film the middle, then the end and the then beginning. So they wouldn't tell us who the special guest was. And I'm like, okay, whatever. And so they start playing, like they go to the middle section where they're filming the special guest interview and they start playing the real and the, you know, and it's the long Island medium. And I start freaking out because it like, this is real. Like this is real shit that like has happened to me. Right. So I start freaking out because coincidentally, my best friend, his aunt was like obsessed with the Long Island medium after he passed. And she would, that's, I think that was her way of like coping. Right. She would just watch the show excessively. Right. Because I think she probably longed for like some sort of connection with him. So when she, they started showing the thing, I started freaking out and I started shaking and I instantly started crying because I just knew that she was going to read me. Like I just knew it. I just knew it. And so the lady that did the show with me is looking at me like, what's wrong with this girl? Like, why is she freaking out? And I'm like the people around me and I'm just like literally trying to 
compose myself because I'm like, oh, I just want to run from here, but I can't because I'm in this freaking studio filming a live show. So, you know, they do the interview and of course she starts reading people from the audience. So like she starts like reading people from, you know, like the other side of the room, whatever. And then eventually she's like, so there's a young girl in here um, who had a, 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 a significant other, a boyfriend who passed away in a very tragic accident. And I was not going to raise my hand. I just refused. I was like, no, no, this is this is not happening like this is. But of course, this you would do this to me, like, you know, because that's who he was. And so I just stayed quiet. And she's like, again, I repeat, there's a young girl in here. And like, you know, and I'm like, this, I cannot believe this. So like, I raised my hand being super, like my hand was shaking and all the cameras like run over to me. And like Bethany runs over to me with the mic in my face. And I'm like in tears. I have boogers coming. I'm like, this is, this is just insane. And at that point when he passed, I had never shared publicly how he passed. I just shared that he passed. And I also took time off of social and just kind of disconnected. And so it was two years later. So a lot of people still didn't know, like, you know, that the reason he passed was because he committed suicide. And so it was just like, I just didn't want to talk about that part of my life. It was very hard. And so she comes over and they're like, so she starts giving me a reading and it was like, so I I got a tattoo with, with, with a, a heart balloon, like the little Bansky tattoo. And I got it because there's an Alicia Keys song that I love. And she says in the song, there's a balloon in the sky that will never come down. That's how strong my love is. And so I wanted to get like a balloon tattoo. I saw the Bansky thing and I got that. And I had a, a, a long sleeve shirt on and she's like, you got a tattoo with like a balloon in his memory. And I was just like, oh, this is, this is crazy. So anyways, to make a long story short, she just affirmed a lot. She's like, he's very, he's like a jokester. He has like a hat on and sneakers and he's like playing with me. I'm like, that's very much his energy. And she's like, well, he wants you to know that he's so grateful for the time that you spent together and all the love that you gave him in this lifetime because he got to experience love because of you. And like, I was just in tears and he's like, just, she's like, just know that like, the work that you're doing, like you need to speak about this in your community because like, you're going to go on to change so many people's lives. And so like, I was so quiet about this very personal experience that I had. And now it's going to be on national television and everybody's going to find out, you know, about this very private thing that I was holding on to because I was healing and behind the scenes. And so the show aired like a week later and everybody started reaching out to me and they're like, I had no idea that that's how he passed. Oh my God. It was like, you know, but at this point, because I had done the healing, I was kind of a little bit more open to talk about it. And once I started doing the research of like the suicide rate in black and brown communities, it's like, I have this platform and I have to talk about this because mental health also, like a lot of it runs in my family, you know? And it's like, I need to talk about this. And so I started talking about mental health when nobody, it wasn't cute. It wasn't fun. It was in 2012 and it was, it was really hard because it's like, you're kind of showing your whole life out there, but the messages from people saying like, my brother passed this same way, my cousin, my this, like, it was so heartbreaking, but also so affirming of like, we need to shed light on this very important topic in our community. So that's basically a summary of my spiritual awakening, freaking crazy, but just that's my story. I actually didn't know this about you, Ada. I, I didn't know this story. I, and I can, he's with us the whole time. I can feel him so much. He's just such a light being. Um, like yeah. he seemed like he was going to be a healer himself, like in his own way, but it was just, it almost just seems like he was too sensitive to like how harsh the world was. And he would yeah. just want to go back home, you know? Yeah. 
but um, I didn't know that about you. I can feel him. Thank you for sharing that. And that is like the craziest <laughs> That beats like all the awakenings ever. Um, <laughs> like, like I felt like I was getting smacked with like, I'm like, what is happening in my life? <laughs> and, and he's such a strong being too, that he was like able to like get through to you so, so much, you know? So is that what led you to the concepts of past lives? Yes. Because I'm like, okay, this is like, he felt so familiar to me. Like he, my experience with his family, like I'm still very close to his family. People think like that his grandmother is my grandmother. Like he, you know, he left me with this beautiful family, like his, my best friend, his, his uh, aunt, like I'm the goddaughter to her kid. So it's like, you know, he just in my connection with him, I was really to able to just step into my own spiritual awakening, but also just really dive deep and just learn about past life and just learn. Uh, I mean, oh my God, it, it's been crazy until this day. Like the 11, the number 11 is how he communicates with me. So I always see the number whenever like something good is going to happen. Like if I just left a meeting, like I'll look up at the building across the street and it's like the building was 11, 11. And it's like, it's like, oh, I feel like it's this way of being like, Hey, like, I see you girl. I see you keep going, you know? And it's so encouraging. And, and, you know, till this day, even like the apartment, when I moved to Chicago, like, obviously I was nervous about this. I didn't know, but like my apartment number has the number 11 in it. And so, and when I moved into this, like, I, I remember flying on a late night flight and I came into my apartment and I was like, holy shit, like, what am I doing? Like, I just moved to Chicago. Like I, it was such a hard decision to leave New York. And when I came in on, uh, you know how the stoves are like not programmed yet. You have to like program them when you move in and it was flashing 11, 11. And like, I just started crying because it's almost him like saying like, welcome home. Like you're on the right path. Like, I know you're scared, but like, you're going to be okay. And so I'm just so thankful for his energy in my life. Really like with you, it seems, I I mean, I don't know if you've ever done a past life, but it seems like you guys have like done work together for, for many lifetimes. So I love that you kind of, so a lot of times when we see these like repeating numbers, we tend to think that there's like a, like a distinct meaning to each of them. But I love that you kind of see these numbers as like, it's just that it's speaking to you and you're deciding kind of like what it's saying to you. Not necessarily like, Oh, every time I say, I see 11, it means think positive. Like you're, you understand that it's like, it's just the universe communicating with you. So it's it's him communicating with you or any other, you know, spirit or guide that's with you. That's like communicating to you. So I, I love that story. Ada, that story was amazing. Thank you for sharing that. Let's, so I want to hear kind of how do you, if, if you could give advice to somebody who is running a business, but also ha- is having these spiritual awakenings is, is really dedicated to living like a soul led life. How do you find yourself, you know, being able to maneuver through that? Cause I, it's funny. A lot of the times people have these awakenings or, you know, want to join like the, the courses that I do, like soul seeker and leader and teacher. And they're all afraid that like, now they're going to have to be mediums. And that's just not <laughs> the truth at all. Like I, you know, I have, I've run many businesses and I was an editor and I never thought I was going to do this work. It's just that this was my path. But a lot of these skills are just, I have a few like beliefs about it. Number one, I think that, I think we're all evolving. I think we're evolving as a species. And I really do think we're like learning to use like different parts of our brain and that this is kind of just like the new way of functioning, first of all. But I also just feel that there there are tools and skills that we need. Like we should all be able to know how to like process a healing on ourselves or see a past life and all that. And I think that that's just going to be part of maybe the things we teach our kids one day. Like maybe it's just going to be like riding a bike or something. And I, um, but people do get scared that when they have these awakenings that they have to like change everything about them. And I think you've done a good job of loving 
the spiritual world just as much as I do, but also like knowing that there's a way to bring it into the work that you're already doing. Yeah. And it's been a struggle because obviously like I haven't really seen anybody do what I'm doing in, or, you know, I haven't, I don't have access to that. Like I, I, there's not an entrepreneur that I know that looks like me and comes from where I've come from doing entrepreneurship in this way. So of course it's scary as hell because I'm like, what the fuck am I doing? Like what, you know, and people are like, what are you doing? And I'm like, I don't know. I'm just trying to figure it out. But like, I know that things feel really good when I come from this place. Like when I really follow my heart, when I really lean into my intuition, when I really sit with myself, like that feels really good. And it feels very fulfilling to be able to bring that part of me into what I do. And so I shouldn't be ashamed and I shouldn't try to like kind of hold those things back. But I also know that, you know, I have to have a lot of courage and I have to like go forward because just because it does, I've never seen anyone who looks like me do things the way that I want to do. I know that I was given that vision so that I can, I can be the first one. And so it's a struggle sometimes again, because you're like, it's easier to follow a blueprint, but then it's, it's harder to kind of like create one as you go. But I do feel like we're heading into this, this very like conscious capitalism and and people just, you know, this is kind of like, hopefully will be like the new way of life that things are done this way. And I, I remember like in so many of our readings, you know, I'm like, why do I have like these gifts or why do like, what am I supposed to do with this? Like, I don't see myself being like a, a medium and doing what you're doing in this lifetime. So like, why do I have these things? Because I, I guess in my mind, only people that are meant to do that type of work, it has to be that way. But because of you, I've learned that that's not necessarily the case. So I'm just like so glad that we're having this conversation because I hope if there's somebody out there listening to be like, okay, well, I'm very in tune with, you know, these gifts that I have and with my soul and I want to be so led in my business. But what does that look like? We don't know. We're all just figuring it out. And so hopefully <laughs> this will be the blueprint for someone, you know, because it's, it's not easy, but it's, I mean, I I've never felt more me than I have in this very moment. And I feel very aligned with who I am. And I'm just glad that there's language for me to be able to, uh, put to words, like what it is that I'm doing. And, and yeah. <laughs> when you have these like understandings and you share with your community, they, they, they're like there with you. Like they, they get it with you. They're like, there for it, which is what I love about your, your community. I mean, I think like Latinas, we have so much, um, like Afro roots in us and like, we have yeah. so much like indigenous roots in us that I yeah. think that this is all part of like our culture anyways. Absolutely. But like they, like they're with you that you're like past life this, that like, and, and, you know, and lipstick and past life. And they're like, they're there for it, you know? Yes. And it's been tricky because obviously to a lot of us were raised in these very like Catholic homes or Christian homes. Like even my mom, like my mom was a habitual church hopper. Like we were in a different church every single week, like Jehovah Witness, Mormons, Christian, like, I mean, everything. And I think she was just trying to figure things out for her own. And, um, you know, I ended up being like raised in a Christian church for most of my life. And that was very helpful because that allowed me to be in tune with spirit from a very early age. But then as I learned and as I leaned into like more of these indigenous practices that are really like deeply rooted in, in so many generations. And this is very ancestral to us. It's like, I just feel like I'm really remembering who the fuck I am. And, you know, in one of your readings, I remember you told me, you're like, it's like, you've been operating without your right hand for most of your life and you just got that hand. So now you're able to, it's just who you are. And now you're able to navigate life so much easier because you have your right hand and you didn't have it for 30 years. And it's like, it just made so much more sense. That's such a good point, Nick. You know, oh gosh, if I couldn't see it myself, but yeah, I think you do such a good job. You know, you're like, 
okay, I know manifesting, manifesting what I need in my business. I know these past lives. This is why this shit's happening in my life. And, you know, and this, this is happening here. And I know like, you know, like mental, like it just, you're using all these tools to do like the work that you do. And I just think you do it in such a, in such a beautiful way. I also love that you share that you don't really know, you know, all the time, like what you're doing. And and that's the truth. I think, you know, people look at me too, and they think I must be able to be so psychic, that I know like everything and anything that's going to happen. And that is not the case at all. And, but you're living very, with a lot of trust and knowing that like, you, you know, but also having that intuition that like, that is guiding you, that is allowing you to be like, oh, I should go to the left and not to the right and, and all that stuff. So that also seems like why it's so beneficial in in the world that you do. Yeah. Because it's like, I love business. I love being an entrepreneur. I just hate so many things about it. And like, I'm always questioning like, well, who said it had to be done that way? Like I'm always questioning the way that things are done because to me, it just doesn't feel natural, you know? And so like, I feel like I'm constantly fighting against the grain of what entrepreneurship is supposed to look like. And I'm okay with that. I think I was put here to to show people that it's like, there's different paths to do this and you can do this work and you can show up as this beautiful being that's very soul-led and you don't have to be confined by like, the, the box that entrepreneurship looks like or capitalism or whatever, like throw it all out the window and build like a new um, paradigm of what that looks like for you and, and the world that you wish that existed, you know? Like a true creative, but let's like <laughs> this creator talk, Ada, right there. You're like such a creator and I love that in every way. Ada, this has been so, I mean, I enjoyed listening to you. There's a lot of things I didn't know about you. So that was really fun for me to listen to and to learn more about you. But Thank you for just sharing your experience, for being you, for for showing up and being just real and honest. And I just can't thank you enough. Can you please share with us like how we can keep in touch with you? Yeah. So you can find me on all platforms at allthingsada.com. And yeah, I'm so excited for all the things that are coming. I'm working on a um, made-to-order robe line because I love wearing robes at home. And even that is very spiritually led. And at the root of it, it's like, again, I really just want to remind people, like, change your mindset, change your life. So a lot of the, like, philosophy behind the brand is really, like, you know, abundance is your birthright. And I want you to be at home in your robe, just feeling like abundant in all ways. And hopefully that just having that garment on will start to shift your mindset of like, I, I deserve nice things like normalizing luxury and and things like that, because abundance is really our birthright and consciousness is our legacy. So I really want to remind people of that. It's the fourth grader and you're wearing the heels. Yes. I'm so excited to wear those robes. Maybe that's our photo shoot. Like maybe. Because I do want to do a Walte, like, I have so many ideas. Like, I definitely want to do a Walk the Mercado robe. <laughs> I, I mean, I'll be your first customer. I totally get it. Um, I actually know somebody in Miami who designed things for him, if you ever oh, need Oh, them. my God. A dream. Yes. I'm definitely... Please connect me to them. <laughs> so I'm really excited. That is Vecina Couture, but that is... Uh, like, if you go to Ada's Instagram, it connects. Like, you can... Yes. Do it. Mm-hmm. Not out yet, but they'll be out. Well, I don't know if they'll be out by the time of the recording, but we're hoping you know, yes. in the next few months of 2021. Sure. And I'm really excited to get one myself and just, and, you know, just like wear it, like w- we get to wear Ada's energy. That's basically. Yeah. Oh my God. Yes. And so I hope people feel like the badass boss lady, just, you know, so led boss lady. Yes. 
that's what, that's what we're going for. I love it. Thank you for sharing yourself with us and um, with me and taking the time. And I asked, I, I like literally text out like five minutes before. I was like, by the way, uh, can we zoom so I can, she's like put her makeup on in five minutes. So that's like how magical she is. So <laughs> thanks, Ada. I love you so much. Thanks for being here. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening. I love you guys so much. If you love what you're hearing, would you mind leaving a review or sharing with a friend? That little review does so much. It's so damn helpful. You don't even know. So thank you for that. And if you're ready to unlock your spiritual gifts, enroll in my three-level program, Soul Academy, or join my free community, Soul Collective. I'd love to have you there. The links to join are below in this episode. Until next time, love you much.